I think you should hit the button. We are hitting the button. Button is the button has been hit, Captain. Is this is Look this one thirty four? Yes, one thirty four. Pull up that picture. Brave enough to. You guys don't even understand. Let me see this here. Get a check. What am I? What am I looking at here, Dusty? What is this? Well, this is how I'm holding my computer up under Jenga and books. That's my ring light attached to a. Oh my goodness! It's nice. What it's a nice looking paper that? towel holder. That gives me <laughs> this anxiety. Is, this is what I do <laughs> to make this work. <laughs> this is my office, bitches. The wow. kitchen table. Wow. It and is a nice looking is episode. So I have a stand for the. This room. is episode one thirty four. That's crazy. Yeah, I that's appreciate what it goes into this because Ron, I bought a well, I bought a, a a camera so I'd have a better angle, and then I opened it, of course, fifteen minutes before the show to plug it in, just to realize that not everybody uses MacBooks. Who knew? Who fucking knew? Oh yeah, he's got to get a dongle. Got a different plug. Why am I all weird? What's going on on my screen? You're well, right. I told Scott. I mean, that was a problem. We've been through life. this before. My it everyone. doesn't. It doesn't um, really matter if. You're visible or not, Dusty. We've kind of been through this. No, it's better in the dark, but you keep saying, oh, turn a light on. I feel like you're just trying to shine a little more. That's what I, think I just feel happening. like, yeah, when, when your ring light Am is I on. Am I like really fuzzy on your guys' end or just mine? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fuzzy. You were very clear a little while ago, but something in the internet signal is kind of yeah. slowed down. Make sure you're, if you're on Wi-Fi, make sure your well, phone, all, the, all that stuff is not. Because each time you have more devices on your Wi-Fi, it splits the signal. All the, the little hookers in my house are here, uh, and they're probably like on the on the FaceTime and the on the YouTube. I and I appreciate that. You should go to fucking school where they belong. We get we got to get you hardwired when we get yeah, you to your house. We get good. you hardwired, and then you won't have that problem. Yeah, you're gonna put a podcast room. You in got a lot going house? on. You got me dongling. You got me hardwiring. Yes. I have an extra room for it because I got okay, six so bedrooms. We, let's make sure we get this all in. Episode 134, it's just bodybuilding. I'm Big Ron Parlow, and I'm here with Dusty Hanshaw yes. and Scott McNally. Are you packing, Scott? Sadly, no. I've been. It's been a busy morning. The closest gun to me is three feet. How many yards? Three feet. Okay. <laughs> three feet, okay. yeah. Okay. Ron, are you packing, though? That's the question. One yard. <clears throat> One yard. You're Show everyone Ron's new identification. Yeah, one year a little longer. Wow, well, well, I can't put that up. I don't want to put the, his identification yeah. up because it has private numbers and stuff on it. So you know? I received oh, my firearms license. Yeah. So I've got my restricted and non-restricted, so I can buy a rifle or a handgun. Nice. So yeah, but I've haven't really been able to. Put much thought into going and actually buying a gun now. So it took so fucking long to get it in the mail. Like, yeah, that forgot was like how to last shoot. summer. <laughs> You've got to, yeah. to shoot since then. Forgot all the rules. I'm just gonna go pointing it at people. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna go carrying it without putting it in a lockbox <laughs> and breaking yeah. all the rules. Yeah, it's yeah. In your I pocket. don't know. I forgot. Yeah, it's in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so it's funny. I, I sent you guys a text. I was like, I got my gun license, and then immediately. Scott messages back with like yes. some ultra tech like oh, dude. oh you should go buy a, a you know whatever gun that was it's the perfectly balanced weapon for you no Scott not just for knowledge. you it's what I want 
That's what he wants. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up a picture so, so I can show this. He wants me here. to go buy his dream gun. Is essentially what he's telling. That's me. pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's you called a, a staccato, and that's oh, what that's I've been acceptable. That's what I've been. It dreaming sounds. Of. It sounds like something a cartel member would carry. It, I mean, they could. They that would be one of the few people that could afford a nice staccato. As a matter of fact, here's here's one right here. Oh damn! That well, how much like, is uh, it? They're like for that one it, it, without that it's optic on skin. it. Good three three. Bill, it it three sort grand. of looks like a. It sort of looks like an, a a Beretta with a with an otter box on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. They're, they're they're said to be the flattest. <laughs> well, that's shooting. if you drop it, it's safe. Right, like show yeah. it again and All just right, think I of what that. I'm saying. It, it looks like a Beretta with like an it. otter box. There on we it. go. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, you know, I call it kind of grip. That makes like, perfect sense. It looks like extra reinf. Yeah. Well, how much is that? So is that a laser scope? How much is it exactly no. as seen, Scott? So with I don't know how much that I, I think that's a Leopold optic. I'm not sure on the top, but without so that that, like? that optic, we're talking three grand uh, just for the gun, Damn. and then another you know six hundred for it. the optic. I'd be the <clears throat> ultimate poser. Can you imagine me I feel showing like that's the a shooting least. range? With that gun, and then they all realize it's like my first visit. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm already like packing one of those. It'd be like, ah, oh, one of these fucking guys. Will someone help me load this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did the bullets I'm go? Fucking, yeah, I'm, I'm floor <laughs> popping by accident. Just bang, blasting into the floor. Fuck. <laughs> sorry, first That's time. That's how you go all in, though. You're just like, sorry, okay. sorry about that. Sorry, won't happen again. <laughs> after today today's the last day first day that's the same first thing that day. happens now with uh with with like harleys because most people who own new harleys are just rich guys buying motorcycles that they don't know how to drive yeah i've been on runs before and seen guys like fall over going into gravel oh and you're just like driving a fifty thousand dollar motorcycle and you have no idea what you're doing first ride so amongst a lot of other first people, ride ever not safe yeah, I heard a hilarious motorcycle story. My buddy, my buddy told me he's got a, a good friend who he rode dirt bikes. He used to race dirt bikes, so he spent a lot of time on bikes. So he's not like totally inept. But when he went to a street bike, he bought like some BMW that has like gyroscopes in it. They say have like that top bike. It actually makes it harder to tip. Like it makes it harder to crash it. Like it corrects for you. Wow. So, like, you know, you go to turn a corner, you go to turn a corner and if you don't like and it just sort of it just it just leans the bike like you don't really have to do anything. You're just riding. It's almost like driving a car. Right. And he bought like he's loaded with money. So he bought the most expensive bike. And then he had like a close call in it and he got scared. So he's like, I'm going to sell it. I'm just going to buy like a smaller bike. So he bought like a 500 or something. And he drove it once and he put it away. And he's like, holy fuck, I don't know how to ride a bike. Huh. That other bike did all the, I don't know how to, I'm going to die. So he just doesn't ride anymore. He realized well, the BMW it's a, was it's a different thing. I don't know if it's a BMW. Someone out there will know what I'm talking about. But it had like, he said it like makes it hard to tip the bike. So it corrects you. So That's he realized crazy. when he went to ride a normal street bike that he, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. So it's just I feel like it would be hard if you do know how to ride a street bike for it to adjust for you would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah, Maybe that's like, why no, he I'm liked it because he didn't know. What are you doing? Maybe he just because he didn't know. I don't know. Right. I don't know what bike that is, but someone will know. 
Yeah. But yeah, you get a yeah, gun. I, just, that. I need to know this too. Anyways. Laser sights. You know, no. someone would shoot for years with nothing but laser sights. They do have a thing that's coming out now. I should tell you, first of all, I guess people don't like the people who really shoot. They don't like laser sights. People don't yeah. use. Yeah, yeah. I they're they're looked down. That. They're frowned upon. Uh, but right. there's a thing that it, it, it's like um, it basically the way it works is like it's like a video game and you lock onto your target and it won't let you pull the trigger until it's until you're lined up where you need to be. So once you get on your target, I guess. It's like it won't fire until you've got the right shot. So you could just sit there and basically like hold your hand on the trigger and just kind of move it around. Boom. Until you get where you want oh, to be. Fuck. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Man, it's not like the revolution. It's not like normal technology yet, but you know. The it, purists it, do not like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see that wow. though. I remember when I when I played hockey, when when Nike came out with like skates and stuff. Yeah. If you came to like a camp or something in Nike, I'd fight you immediately. I was like, you're noon, fandangled. So, just against the code. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you just, hey. you just see. You're like, oh, your, your mom bought you new equipment. That's cute. <clears throat> what about when we get the gene therapy unlocked? Yeah. And what happens if training becomes obsolete? How could happen. Feel? I don't need that shit. And anyone could that? just look. Anyone could just look how they want. Just go get some gene therapy for muscle tissue and just 40 pounds up. Just blow up. <clears throat> would it really hey. be worth it anymore? Would, would we, right. so, you, you know, know to stop it ruin that. it. It would ruin it. You know, could happen in anything. Could happen to anybody. So. Technology could come in <clears throat> and take all the, you know, all the fun out of it. Next thing you know, I'm better Flatlander than fucking Ron on day one. Right. <laughs> those, those gyroscopes on the bike, so you can't tip over. So it's like a pedway. Yeah. So it's like doing tricks on a pedway, and you can't even fall. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, speaking it's of terrible. Speaking <laughs> of gene therapy, did you guys see this picture? Someone just sent it to me today. Oh, yeah, Rami? You Look see the side chest as well. Yes. Yeah, I didn't see the side chest, but that's a, that's yeah. incredible, man. <clears throat> yeah, just fucking massive. And plus, you know, we know how big Rami is, so we know how big that is. Like, we know how big he is relative to space. You know. Yeah. So when you see how small his head looks yeah. compared to his shoulders, you're like, oh damn. Yeah. Because <clears throat> he's a massive dude at that. Like, fuck. Do what sucks. What sucks what? for them though is because. In my opinion, they still haven't delivered that to the stage. So even I am like, eh, we'll see. You know right. what I mean? I sort of, I agree with you in, in, in that way. But I also look at it and go, oh, damn, he looks bigger and pretty fucking lean. So that probably means he'll just be at, at least a bigger version of the same thing next time, which will probably be <laughs> hard to beat. <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. My thought was, that's what he needs is to be bigger for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like just bring the most, <laughs> most unnecessary extra thing. Just <laughs> remember when we had Chad on, he was saying that, that, uh, Rami didn't have a good off season last year. Yeah. So my first yeah. thought was like, well, looks like he's having a good off season. That'll be interesting to yeah. see what that, that what that means, you know. And it was I didn't see anything other than 
he said, hey, sorry, I haven't been on social media for the past six months. Yeah. But I don't know if he like said why. I wasn't, I don't know I that much. I didn't see that either. I just looked at the picture and my jaw fell down. And then I, that was it. Okay. Dusty's having a crazy lag, so he's going to hang up and then reconnect with us. Good call. Make sure you show that stack of books that his computer was oh, on. Oh, yeah. We got it. We got it in there. Because, so, like, you know, it's like when you see, like, the background is, like, all, like, amazing and the yeah. guy's talking, delivering, and then you cut away and you see he's sitting there in his underwear. Yeah. You know, his shoes on. <laughs> and then everything from the set forward is just, like, beer cans and pizza boxes and just a disaster. But his background looks good and he's got, like, a nice, nice shirt on, you know? All about the image. That's what it what it reminded me of much clearer dusty yeah there was, there was talking crazy, about, i would speak and it would just i would see you guys hear it and then wait for it to finish oh right right. <laughs> i was like okay that's like a good three seconds i'm just talking about your setup there with your fancy books and your computer stacked up very classy yeah, that's yeah. you know what it reminds me of is that uh uh kevin o'leary you ever see when he does like interviews? He like does he has like sh- no pants on or like shorts. Yeah, that's what I was just jacket on. <laughs> no, I was saying. And then on the other side of the screen, the rest of the room is just pizza boxes and beer cans <laughs> and just fucking disaster. <laughs> you know, only like the shit that you can slob. see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do we got today, Dusty? I got uh, I got a lot of questions. Scott hopefully has some questions off of the past ones. We want to we definitely want to reward the uh, the YouTube questions. Obviously, we've got some good YouTube questions this week. We've got some good nice. training questions, especially. Okay, Harvey, you're, you're let's definitely a do noise. a YouTube one. All right, Fire. I'm just gonna I'm gonna randomly grab whatever I, I came up with I here. I had a little list here. All right, Steve O. Oh. So he's got a question for you. Is for, this, is this evil from Jackass? I don't know. It could be. You think he's watching us? Of course he Maybe. is. Be cool. He got into lifting as part of his like you know life management. <laughs> Recovery all from all the dumb yes. shit. Do you guys find uh, sharply high protein diets favorable for certain types of training? From what I've read, Dante is a very high protein guy, and I wonder if that particularly suits DC. Currently running my second blast, even. Um, I've uh, always been partial to efforting's approach, satisfying macronutrients while not focusing, uh, forcing protein over 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight and driving carbs. I've had great success with this in the past, training less frequently. Um, but since starting DC, I felt I started to lose that energy kick, uh, quickly and wonder if the extra nutrients, Mm -hmm. aminos from all the protein are specifically geared toward this type of training. Uh, I I don't, I don't really think there'd be any like evidence for that, that I could like, I'm not going to speak on that as some kind of knowledgeable expert. I don't think there's any reason to believe that. Um, I I always went with one pound, one gram per lean pound mm. is my like minimum. So let's say your stage weight is 200 pounds, you need at least 200 grams of protein. Um, or I'd do the 1.5, like you know, 1.5 was like what I ate most of the time. But when calories got super fucking low. I, mm-hmm. You know, maybe my protein might work its way down to like one gram per lean pound just to get my calories down. 
but most of the time I went 1.5 per lean pound. So whatever right. I thought my stage weight was, I just kind of went 1.5 of that just ballpark. But I mean, I don't really know what's Dante recommend. Is he 1.5 or is he higher than that? He he's, he's about pushing. I mean, he just definitely has found that, uh, does he go two to grams? Keep it simple. Or? More is merrier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one point five two, no problem. Okay, I think the one area where people get messed up with him is is you did mention the perline pound, and a lot of guys are much fatter than they think they are. Right, that's mm. why I sort of like you know make sure you say that because even some people say a gram per pound, and I'm like, oh well, that's fair. Three hundred pound yeah. guy eating three hundred grams of protein, you know. Yeah, because then you figure that's about right when you factor in what his body fat is. That's still less than 1.5, so that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. But to answer the question, all all training, if you're, if you're trying to bodybuild, all we're trying to do is put on muscle mass. So there's nothing specifically different about DC training that makes it that way. Um, my, I think he's probably reading into the change in training and how his body's feeling to that because he's maximizing effort for every set. Mm. I don't know what he was doing mm. before, but chances are if he was doing a higher volume, he wasn't pushing each set as far, and that's why he has that thought that it's different for DC training. Um, right. Because if you were training like Jordan or anyone else who's doing a progressive overload style, you know it's not DC, you're going to be maximizing each set because there's just not that many. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day... I think where we get a little bit beat up with both training, eating, all of the above is the true answer to like the secret to training is, as Chris Aceto put so eloquently to me once was train fucking hard. Um, <laughs> if you do that, whatever style of training you're doing is going to be fine. And then you're going to eat to support the muscle mass, no matter what that is. So hmm. I think at the end of the day, you should just play with what works for you. I, I do really high protein because 10 ounces per meal is normal um, of cooked food for me, which a lot of people, I don't think they even realize what that is. I mean, like 10 ounces of chicken is upwards of 70 grams of protein if it's cooked. Yeah, I always say like most meat is about seven grams per cooked ounce. Yeah, so you figure when you're doing that six times a day, simple math, that's a shit ton of protein. That's a lot. Um, <clears throat> you know, but I also, with that, just like Ron was saying, at the end of the day, it does it still comes back to calories and Chris would have me doing stuff like that. Or even one meal, I was doing 16 ounces of salmon for my last meal every night, but I was also having a cup of oatmeal in the morning and that was it for carbs. Okay. For, for weeks yeah. on it. Sometimes when the carbs get real low, the protein gets higher, but I, I would say, yeah, it has a lot to do with, you know, I've had people say, Oh, your protein's low. Cause I would, you know, I'd be like 300 pounds. He's eating 300 grams of protein. But that mm -hmm. was off season when my carbs were high. Yeah. Because, you know, carbs and fats are protein sparing. So, <clears throat> so people need to remember that as well. So, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And the fatter you are, the less you need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there's people that people that have no abs that are all worried about their, their intake of like things. It's like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. May I suggest moving more? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I had a couple yeah. more. This one was actually, this is not from Facebook. This is from Everest from Patreon. And he wanted yeah. to ask you guys, so VMO, that's the, the teardrop muscle, right? Right. Mm -hmm. He says, what are your favorite exercises to bring up the VMO specifically? I've been implementing single leg presses and single leg extensions to try to bring them up. What's your thoughts? So my understanding has 
the way I've thought of the teardrop muscle is uh, is is that it 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 does it doesn't have like it's hard to stretch mm-hmm. like it doesn't your quad that crosses your hip your rectus femoris is easy to stretch because you got your hip as well right drive your hip into it but the other quads are actually kind of hard difficult to stretch hmm. so one of the things about training quads is that you have to find a stretch load so that means you have to go deep yep. so there's been a i think enough evidence for me to like go oh that seems reasonable that vastus medialis activation is about depth more than it is about anything with like your feet and right. generally for quad stimulation in general depth is full range of motion is what matters the most so that's what i think people should focus on now it also it 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 also engages a lot right at the end of the lockout so that's sure. where i think leg mm. extensions come into play because nothing else really engages your quad at the lockout like a leg extension it's like the only thing mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that's why i think people f- are like oh these work my teardrops because the teardrop kind of does the most work coming out of a deep squat and then it's almost passive for like two-thirds of the range of motion it doesn't even really do much and then right. it has that extra kick at the lockout so i think depth and then yeah you have to get those squeezes on the leg extension but that's just generally how i think about quads foot position matters less than depth and but when i say foot position i mean like this way but like yeah he's not talking about under you yeah i was was gonna say clear that up because the the closer your your feet are to underneath you that's why you see a lot of uh bodybuilders doing smith squats now is because you can bring your feet under you by still keeping your heels on the ground and what that's going to end up with is a better stretch i mean at the end of that's really what you're getting back to is that stretch (laughs) more they're more of a load in the stretch yeah there's Mm -hmm. a lot of torque coming out of the bottom on that quad so yeah yeah you know feet up and down matters a lot more than feet like this yeah Um, you that when you were younger i i had my feet all like i was doing toes together toes out five (laughs) feet like i was doing all this shit none of it fucking mattered yeah (laughs) i i can see the argument when people say put your feet closer for more quads the Mm -hmm. reason the reason that that could be technically argued is is when your feet are narrower than shoulder width your glutes do a lot less work and your adductors yeah and your adductors right so you know because your glutes generally want to turn your leg out right Mm -hmm. so when you go narrower than shoulder width they they aren't doing nearly as much so when you're wider than shoulder width they are doing more in a leg press but your quads are i mean you just put another plate on (laughs) right (laughs) like everything could be everything's corrected with load so that's another thing i think is important people like oh well if you put your feet here it works less quad and more more glute and well not if you throw another plate on other quads are still working as hard as they can everything's working as hard as it it can you know so everything is relative to load you know if you move your hands and it makes the exercise easier then you can just put more weight on and now it's just as hard as it was before so there's also that little detail all right, got one more training one for you guys. This is back from YouTube. Another Stephen. He's Stephen Chambers. He says, uh, um, for the next show, uh, what is the best way of building your calves? Would it be a way of training them uh, two days a week? I currently, I'm currently bringing my legs up, so my routine is push, 
legs, rest, pull, legs, rest, rest. Would you implement calf work at the end of your session or at the beginning? Thanks for the, the help. Well, um, I do have something to say on this because I didn't have, I don't have any calf genetics and I was able to build my calves up to a point at one point when I had people telling me, oh, you've really brought your calves up. Mm -hmm. And so even though I never had great calves, the fact that people noticed that they grew over, over the years, and I even had someone who came to my very last show actually said, you know, your calves are way bigger at the end of your career than they were when you were like starting at nationals. And I was like, Oh, that's good to hear. Cause they fucking plagued me my whole life. Hmm. So, um, and then I fucking tore one and have nerve damage in the other. So now they will suck again. So anyways, <laughs> long story. So the thing about calves is my calves, they were the thing that didn't do much when I trained them the way, cause you know how Dorian trained his calves. He just, you know, the old split back in calves. Yeah. Right. So that's what I did for years. And my calves didn't grow on that. My calves were one of those things where I had to like deviate from the way I trained everything else. And mm -hmm. I trained my calves up to three times a week. Um, at, at one point I trained them three times a week for several years straight. And I think that's when they were at their biggest. Hmm. And they were also really vascular and like veiny and, but not like in the front, just in the, in the muscle part. So it was like, cool. But um, they grew and I trained them uh, you know, three times a week and probably did, you know, between four and eight sets each time I trained them. And the sets mm -hmm. were, and then I varied it a lot. So like I might do four sets of 20 to failure, like a really bad 20, 25 rep burn failure. Yeah. I might do four sets of that on one day. And then two days later, I'd do some heavy standing where I'd do like eight to 12 reps and I might do you know, four sets of that, maybe two sets seated. And then a couple of days later, I'd just do four sets of donkeys or something, but I would always train them super hard and I would just vary it a lot. And they grew doing that for sure. And I wished I would have done that like much earlier. Cause so I was like, mm -hmm. fuck. <laughs> yeah. That one you had to learn over time. Yeah. You know, they say um, any muscle will grow if you literally give it enough, like obviously you have to train it hard. And then if that doesn't work, you have to just train it hard more. Right. <laughs> eventually if you just keep loading something it has to budge you know so yeah, it's, that's the thing you, people have to remember it's growth is adaption yeah so and your genetics eventually how much that. load is like how much is required to make it grow you know some people can just walk around and their calves blow up They're like oh it's i was fat as a kid <clears throat> I was fat as a kid and now i have 21 inch calves that have veins all over them that was the one uh, thing that I discovered on accident and it's worked for a lot of people is I had an ankle mobility issue. So Jason, my PT was like, you need to stretch your calves every day. And he's like, I think you should do it under a load. So I would go in and in in before every workout and I just get on like, you know, the seated leg press machine where you sit up and mm -hmm. it's like, it's right in front of you. Yeah. yeah and like I would just fitness one. Yeah. I would just put one foot up there and hold for a minute, then switch to the other leg. Um, I do that back and forth with so two minutes on each single with like a slight bend in my knee. And then I would put the stack on it and put both feet up and just lock my knees and let it sit. And I was doing that every day for a while. And, uh, a guy mentioned me, he's like, man, your, your calves are growing. Huh. And I 
kind of shrugged it off like eh, whatever my calves suck after like literally the ninth person was like oh you're really putting some size on your calves and it was the only change i was like holy shit they Dang. were tight so i started putting it on on clients programs and anyone who actually took the time to do that every day saw improvement so oh, i think yeah. a lot of it too is just that muscle is just so tight from being used all the time yeah. and think about it like we don't just you walk into the gym and you're getting ready for legs. You stretch your, you know, like back in the day when we didn't know better about stretching, you would stretch your hams, you would stretch your quads. You might give your calf a little touch, but you weren't like annihilating them because um, you really have to be under a load to do that. That was a drastic change for me. So I think right. if you guys want to spend the time, it's, you know, it's six minutes additional to every time you walk into the gym and I could pretty much guarantee your calves will grow. I, I was, I, I, I love the idea too. I, I was always big on stretching them when they were maximally pumped, like mm -hmm. loaded. Like I would go like hold a weight and like stand there and just fucking sit on them for like a minute. And, but when they were, you know, at the end of the workout, when they were just blown up, cause I was just trying to stretch them, you know, just, that's just hell. <laughs> it was like without using synthol, trying to like stretch the fascia, you know, they used to talk about that all the time, you know? <laughs> So I would I would have put synthol on my calf, but I tried to hit my calf with a regular shot once and it hurt so bad I couldn't walk for like a week. Oh god. I don't oh, know how god guys damn. do that. One shot. Yeah. I put like a half cc in my calf and literally was gimping for like a full week. <laughs> That's one thing I've like, never I, tried because I've heard it ain't I've worth heard it. that. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. Don't ever shoot your calves ever. Oh fucking terrible. And by the hey, way, oh. anybody who wants to take part in the show comment comment on this episode we'd be happy to i'll i'll do my yeah. best to gather these questions up and i'll bring them to the guys for the next one so comment below plus all the comments all that stuff it helps to boost us in the algorithm so it comment, does like. and so here's a good time to say what i'm supposed to say at the beginning which is the like share yes subscribe comment ring the bell there you go so make sure you do that for us every time i i got a, a few things on my list here dusty did you get your stuff My hoodie. Yes. Yes, I got a hoodie. Yes, I got it. It matches so, your shirt or your hat you're wearing right now. And it's yeah, you got the, the biggest. Hat. Well, I already had the hats. I told you that a long time ago. I have the hats. You sent the hoodie yeah, alone yeah, okay. because you, yes, you brought right. me. Remember, they were at us. I they were in habit. Yes, okay. And I want to okay. say this real quick to anybody who likes a giant hoodie, order them from Ron. That is the biggest 4X hoodie in the history of the world. Nice. I'm telling you. I literally pulled it out and I was like, is this a five? <laughs> like, I just immediately thought it was a five X because it's so big. Yeah. That is the greatest hoodie of all time. That's cool. You like Without, it? Oh yeah. Cause I like hoodies. I don't understand people. And I guess I'm just old, but like this whole tight hoodie thing. Yeah. No, I want to be a sloppy fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. Comfortable. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the, I, the I, only downside is, is that we, the moment that I got the hoodie, it decided to become 80 degrees here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Ron's fucking with me. Like two weeks ago, yeah, I could have worn this. I literally have not uh, gotten to wear it yet other than just put it on. I'm like, I washed it so I could get rid of the fuzz when it was time. Yeah, I'm going to use it this weekend. Up. So I'm getting my okay. chance. It's, it's okay. supposed to be fucking freezing there this week. Okay. I was so busy, yes. I forgot to ask you. Okay, so yes. Dust, Dusty got his hoodie. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I thought you guys would get a, I thought you guys would get a kick out of this. 
we one of our uh, female listener number um, number. I'll call Very her six. female list. Uh, well, actually, just to give her credit, I'll call her female listener number one. Whoa! But uh, because it's a lot of because, credit. That's a lot of credit, but that's just because of the of 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 what she said. She said she listens to our show when she's in the tub. Okay, okay. she's definitely number one. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever she is, are there candles? Anyways, hey, I, I that's guess. are there? Ooh, if there's candles, Dusty. If it's a dark room and there's candles and she's listening yeah, to Ron's buttery voice, because you know Ron's got a like, smooth voice. <laughs> Right, yeah, she's like, night. ah, just that enjoying that. Yeah, <laughs> I was wanting to be a DJ on a radio station just for a night, just so I could play all of my favorite B sides that nobody's ever heard of and no one knows, and they yeah, just yeah. drive them all crazy. So Very yeah, fun. it depends. It depends if it's uh, like you know, if you're in the tub and all the lights are on and it's bright, versus yeah. the candles. Yeah, interesting. So I, okay. I would have asked her immediately. Are there candles involved in this? Asking for myself. I feel I feel slow on that one, Dusty. It's okay. Your mind is in a better place than mine. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> what do you do? You, you have any? Let's go to Dusty for something. You got that, something for us, Dusty? I have tons. I have tons. Um. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. Well, this is a good one. These are. The, I've got some good ones. Would you rather? I got to make sure I got these in the right order. Okay. Mm. Would you rather sandpaper the asshole of an alligator in a phone booth or get drug naked over a cactus with your mouth over the tailpipe of a greyhound? Ooh. Huh. I don't. That's intense. Neither? Can, can I pick intense. neither? And she means it. I'm kidding. It's not a girl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I'm in a phone booth with an alligator, it's a relatively small alligator. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, one of those little ones, like the the little th- two footers, like almost maybe. a caiman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I'd like to think I could kind of pin it against the wall and get control of its jaw, and then it would be really just sort of an irritation at that point. Yeah, you might I have also a better think chance if it was a big one. There's no room because I mean I'm assuming this is one strong ass. You know, uh, yeah. What's because obviously, if I'm in a phone booth and it's not being broken by me and an alligator, I almost want the big one because he's already this high. Like he can't bend his neck to get me. He's sort of yeah, trapped. Yeah. You just kind of like spend time with do him. They yeah, yeah. They got the yeah. They like do, but fingers. the arms are the little. They it's a little raptor arms, right? Like I don't yeah. know what that's going to do. Yeah, you can just grab them and just bend press. them the wrong way. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in with him much. for sure. I'm with you. Okay. I don't know why I'm visualizing like one of those European phone booths, by the way, the red one. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know why. That's they don't have phone booths anymore, so that's what I think of. This is why you right. guys are the pros, because you figured this out. <laughs> this is it. This is Yeah, I'd figure it out. I'd figure it out. Well, okay. Plus you gotta remember, like one. you gotta remove the fucking cactus thing. No. No, no. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a lot. No, plus, I, got I mean, a if the alligator does get me, it's death. It's over, and that's good. I don't want to be dealing with that. They cook in you once you get a cactus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not good. No. Sorry. Good question, though. Good important stuff that you need no. to know. <laughs> oh, here's an important one for Ron. Ron, what's your favorite color of chucks? Oh. You don't even have any laceless ones yet, do you? No. I should no. buy you some. They're great. You know, um, I always am on the lookout for 
I'm going to even show them. I don't just want to say it because people might not really get it. But when I was a kid, I had a pair of turquoise chucks. Really? Do you remember the, the turquoise color? I do. No one on this show is as old as us, but I remember them. It's, it's, I don't want to say, I don't want to say mint, but it's, it's kind like of a cost between than mint. mint and turquoise. Yeah, yeah gotcha. it's more, I remember that. It's more blue than mint. Like mint is a green and turquoise is more of a blue, but it's have hard you, to also too. Not all the photos are. Have you found are, them? Are, have you found a pair in like recent years? No, like I always look at what colors they just huh. haven't made that color in a long time. Like, I don't know if they've done some small batches or whatever, but Back in like the 80s, turquoise was one of their like, like it was like red, black, white, turquoise. Like they made them all the time. Like you saw yeah. them all the time. Like I remember they were like a common color to see back in the 80s. And um, I haven't seen tur- like new turquoise chucks for a long time, but I'm always on the lookout. Let me ask you, you this, know? Ron. So I've also seen chucks that have the white or, you know, the black rubber. Instead right. of the white yeah, rubber. They got those what do you too, think yeah. about the black rubber versus the white rubber? Um, well, I like the white rubber a lot more with everything else. But yeah. um, I've got a pair of black on blacks as well. Mm. Okay. And uh, I get compliments on them. In fact, there's a, when I first started wearing them, a couple of guys even said to me, and I, I had to like ask them, like, what does that even mean? But I had two people. They like look down and they see I got black on black chucks and they go, huh, I wouldn't have figured you a black chuck guy, black on black chuck guy. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? And then another dude. Code, goes, I oh. about this. Yeah. And then someone else, they saw my black. They're like, oh, you got the all black chucks. Huh? Interesting. I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that did about they, you. Did they unfollow <laughs> you on Instagram that night? Yeah, yeah. No, but it was, just, it was just fucking comical to me that two people mentioned it. I always thought that all black chucks were a metalhead thing. Okay. That's yeah. where right. I, I saw that. them as. Yeah. I saw them as like the kids that had like the Metallica patches on their jean jackets and the, and the mullets and stuff. They were like mm-hmm. the black on black chuck guys. That's what it was when I was kind of, that's how, it's how I remember it. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I worked in the bar industry, a lot of like the guys I knew that were in bands, like metal bands and stuff, would wear black chucks. So right. I don't know. That's what I see. Do you, do you have high tops? Just because you showed me a high top, but I thought you were a pure low top. Do you do both? I have two pairs of those. Those They're not the normal chucks. They're the chucks that have like the ankle, the thicker, yeah, yeah. their high yeah, top yeah. that has like the pad around the ankle. Yeah, I have two of those pairs because I like to ride in those because they have like an ankle pad on them essentially. Right. Okay. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you? Oh, red. It's without red. Question. The okay. red with the white. They're just traditional. Yeah. That's like, that's like my call sign. That's like, that's my maverick. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> like when, when mutant did, when we did the video um, that I was coming back to mutant, I told them the moment you see the shoe, they'll know it's me. Right. And, that was the point of it was to release it. And then they sent the, they released a video without showing the shoe without showing it was me. And I'm like, you already told the answer. And then <laughs> that's one thing I have to say. I love mutant, but they, they love to drag out announcements to where everyone knows and they don't care by the time they get the announcement. Yeah. 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 Right, I'm right, like right, hit right. him in the face in one, just 
boom, there it is. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it was, it it was, it's it, it's hard to tease you, Dusty. Yeah, I just I want to you, know. you know, like I always say, like I don't need labor pains. Give me the baby. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's move forward. Okay. I said that to this is a good the one. Day. I used your one. line the other day, Dusty. I said to Did one you? of my employees, I said, I don't need the labor pains. Just give me the baby. And they just cracked up laughing. <laughs> just cracked up laughing. And just turned and like walked away from me just laughing. I, I still need the answer. Hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 this, they loved it. I, that was a, she didn't know who you are too. So I said, oh, that's a dusty thing. And they were just laughing. All right, so here's one for you guys, but this one might be a little hard. I, I sometimes I get blindsided by a good question. All time favorite uh, memory that uh, bodybuilding has brought you. Oh damn! Yeah, that's a big all time favorite memory that bodybuilding. Think has about all me. of them. And Scott, you're not allowed to use marrying someone that you met on a. Podcast. Oh, that would have been a good one. I didn't even think of that. I was thinking of like. Bodybuilding, I mean, you know. I just saved you. Don't. All right. Let's uh, let's edit out the part where you said you didn't think about that before. Yeah, I, I was thinking about like the meathead um, side, <laughs> the meathead side, of, like the real, like actual yeah. bodybuilding. Not that's the, the side we need. That's what I'm looking for yeah, from you. Okay. Right. Okay. Sorry, I had to put that in. There. Yeah. So you're not looking for some deep consequences of your choices. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Okay. You're you're looking for like an actual snapshot. Okay, so I have a million of these, so it's really hard to say the favorite. But I'm going to say the the one that like blew my mind was training in Temple Gym, training back um, consistently. I just did Dorian's routine, of course, in his gym. And he needed the same piece I was on twice. And I will never forget when Dorian Yates said, do you want to just train? Oh, and I felt like it was a trick fucking question. I was like, <laughs> well, hey, do I want to train with thing. Dorian Yates in his gym doing his routine? Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I think I would like to do that. Yeah. Uh, and it was awesome. So that and it, it, the workout was obviously great. But just that little moment, because I remember my brain was like, this just happened. Dorian Yates just asked me. Yeah. I mean, he could have just told me to fuck off, like get out of the way. There's just my shed. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and it was fun, and he was so – I've told people this a million times. He was so intense, and we weren't training together. We were using the same shit, but he was pushing me during my sets. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I realized that at, Just an at that point, person. I was known to be like this hardcore, intense, whatever. I was a bitch. This dude retired for like decades, and I was like, holy fuck. You could feel energy yeah, coming off of him off i probably got five extra energy. reps on everything huh. just because he was standing there i mean yeah. i really did i walked out there and i was like that's when i literally said there are levels to intensity yeah and i got yeah. a long way to go you know I, I i heard stories about how um you know dorian himself said and i used to do it all the time too when i was younger because i was vibrating but he used to say he would like pace back and forth before between mm -hmm. sets like just thinking about the set, right? And he paced back and forth and he was so um, full of like intensity that he, he wasn't the type of guy that would like stand still. He would like always be pacing. Mm -hmm. And I've heard lots of stories about how just like, just this energy just came off of him all the time. Like it was like, I just, couldn't imagine just, yeah, when he was walk close it. to him and you're just like, eh, you know, yeah. Just, Cause, so yeah. Cause I mean, literally I think by the time that happened, I think Ronnie was 
done winning the Olympia. Like, so yeah, we're talking so 10 just years removed and yeah. he's just training. I was like, so what was he like then? Like it had to have yeah. just been, I, I have to assume he's the most intense bodybuilder ever just because of that. Cause I've trained with yeah. a lot yeah. of guys and it didn't, I mean, branch is a fucking beast, but it didn't feel like that. And I trained <laughs> with branch a few times. No kidding. I didn't know you trained with yeah. Branch a few times. I've That's cool. Trained with I've trained with everybody. Like I've trained with a lot of people, and and even the most serious guys. There's always at least been one like moment where you have a bit of a laugh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just don't feel like I'd have a laugh with Dorian. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian doesn't laugh. You need my keys. There's no having a laugh. Yeah, it'd be funny. When you train so, with Dorian. It's it's funny, you know, uh, that's a difficult question. What's your favorite moment that bodybuilding has brought you? Because, you know, you think of like all the shows you've been to and all the people you've helped and all the clients you've had and all mm-hmm. the trips you've been on and all the workout partners you've had. It's just so hard to pick a moment, you know. But, um, you know, Dusty reminded me, I, I still remember going to Temple Gym the first time in, I believe it was 2013, with you know the mutant crew and that was when i saw dusty and jose there and i went in with dino and we trained chest me and a couple of the mutant guys did a chest workout and uh dorian was there training a guy so dorian was like in the background like telling a guy like two more reps you know like doing his thing in his you know brummy accent right and um i just remember the gym was just such a shithole and it was, um, but it was just black beautiful. mold. <laughs> like it was just the most, most beautiful shithole I've ever be- been to in my life. And all the pictures on the walls. And I just remember being overwhelmed with a sense of like, like shut up. <laughs> just like complainers and whiners mm-hmm. and huh. bitchers. And I don't have the best leg press and, yeah, all the gyms too. My gym is cold, and I'm like Jesus. <laughs> like all that really matters is like you look at all the stuff that was hanging on the wall in there, like all those plaques and Olympia trophies and all the shit that was on the wall. And you look around at that gym, and you're just like, it's just the craziest thing, you know? Like you just the the contrast of like the beautiful hardware that was. Yeah from being the best in the world yeah. hanging on like the wall that had like black mold on it hmm. literally and condensation j- literally running down the wall in streaks and dripping off the mirrors onto the ground sweat condensation like just from people being hot boxed yeah. and you know guns and roses just blasting you know and you know Dorian yelling at a guy to do two more reps and you're just like, Jesus, fuck, like this is fun. Yeah. And I get to do this and get paid to do it and my trip's Mm -hmm. paid for and it doesn't cost me anything. And the, and like the cab ride here was paid for. And it, like, I just remember just feeling like this is so awesome. Who gets to do this? You know? Yeah. So Do do you remember, um, so have you been there, Scott? No, I haven't. So you, you literally have to walk down an alleyway. Yeah, that's what I've which heard. Which has no sign. Yeah. And then there's a sign at the end of the alley that, that shows you where to go <laughs> behind like garbage cans and stuff. 
well, we missed it the first time I went. Okay. And I, and I walked down to where the, I'll call it like the city center area is. There's like a Starbucks and all that shit. And I'm walking and it was very obvious. I didn't, I'm like looking around and a guy literally yelled at me. He's like, Dusty, come here. And he walked me back up and down the down the alleyway. And I remember as we rounded the corner, you turn left down the alley to get by all the garbage, literally garbage coming out of the top of these garbage cans. Dumpsters. You could hear you could hear screams coming up from the basement of the gym. And I was nice. like, So this is heaven. This is what it is. Like I, and, I knew right then and there, I was like, this is gonna be amazing. Like, yeah, and the alley, the alley that it's in is so I actually knew because I I remember hearing so many stories about going that you look for an alley, but the alley is called Temple Street. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a little sign that says Temple Street, but it's like a fucking alley, like one car basically or whatever. Yeah. And so you you take that and you're walking down it and it's like, it feels like the road you're on is like 200 years old. It's a cobblestone alley and the cobblestones are like super uneven, like... It's a rough alley. Like, it's really funny. It's super mm-hmm. old. And then you, you go around the back of the building and all the dumpsters and there's fucking like balloons on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that that syringe caps and, and stuff. Syringes. Yeah. And it's a rough area, man. You know, it's, uh, it's a rough area. That's huh. for sure. And the, and the grease. So, like, there's like, a, there's like restaurants and pubs around there, right? Yeah. So, those dumpsters have like fucking grease dumps in them and stuff so it stinks like like french fry grease and rotten food oh god and and that smell sometimes goes down the stairs into the gym so like sometimes down in the gym i guess it smells like fryer grease (laughs) yeah that was i agree with you on like that was my wake up too was going there and realizing like this was the best in the world at the you know one of the best of all time did it here you yeah. know, and it does yeah. make you realize, like, man, you are a bitch. <laughs> and then it was just ultra cool. It was just like ultra cool because I had already met Dorian enough times that I had like a hey, how's it going relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. And then plus, plus we had Dino with us, and Dino's like longtime good friends with him. So that like you know, so we're having conversations afterwards. Like we're standing around talking, taking pictures with him and Lewis, and like chatting. And then Dorian hands me a marker and goes, "Sign my wall." <sighs> And I was like, holy fuck, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, so I got yeah. up and I signed the wall, train like hell, Ron Partlow. That's so and cool. I wasn't a pro yet, so I didn't put my PB pro, right? Yeah. And, yeah. But it was just funny. It was like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Good on. Look at Dusty bringing the big questions. To yeah, the show. That, was a, that was a solid one. I like that. And you guys These both kind of had like the same them. answer. You realize that? Yeah, really weird. Yeah. yeah well, that was. Dusty. D- Dusty's answer just, you know. It sprung the the memory for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It sprung the memory. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short-dated, and label-changed products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements too. 
Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the shelf. Oh, this is funny. Um, Battle of intensity. Who's winning, Tom Platts or Dorian Yates? And I've trained with both of them. You trained with Tom? Yeah, because he used to live in Scottsdale. You're, you're no kidding. Okay, after this, yeah. you got to tell me about that. But yeah, I got to I got to hear about that later. <laughs> you're hold up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a, I've had a very well, uh, lucky bodybuilding life. That's for sure. Um, I don't so know. You guys so answer. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's you know, it's a one of those, uh, you know, philosophical questions that could never be brought to an absolution. You know what I mean? But just for argument's sake, I'm going to say that, you know, Dorian was a smarter bodybuilder than Tom. Okay, I think Tom was more reckless. Huh. Right. I mean, we've all seen we've all seen him dive bomb the five hundred pound squats, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or those and hacks then, where know, he's like all yeah, out. Yeah, those hacks. And, yeah. Or, you know, he oh. took he was he trained riskier. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a certain element of intensity that comes from risk. So right. I would say Dorian's more of a calculated serial killer in the gym, <laughs> and Tom was more of a kamikaze. Right? That's, a, that's a nice analogy a calculated right? serial killer yeah. yeah dorian's a serial killer and tom platz is a kamikaze who's taking everyone out and he yeah. doesn't care yeah. if he dies but dorian yeah, might be one of the ones through the workout yeah. so he can win the olympia right <laughs> i don't know that's okay. my answer that's a that's a great answer actually. before we move on dusty I got to hear about yes. this. This so set this up for me. When how long ago was this? What did you guys train? And I want to hear about it. Uh 2000 uh, I don't think I was a pro yet. So Okay. 11 12 in there. Um he lived there. Um and he, we didn't train together. He trained me. Okay. Um and and realistically, it was fun, um, but it's a different. I, I guess to to answer the question in, in mix, if I could pay Tom Platz or Dorian Yates to train me, um, it would be Dorian every single time, because I'm not a like, I I grunt during sets, but I'm not a scream at me guy. Yeah. Okay. So like. I don't get anything out. Like when someone's yelling at me, I like, I almost want to laugh. Like it's why I would be like, I could have never done military. Like if you screamed at me, I'd probably laugh at you yeah. and then be in trouble. Um, so he would like try really hard to like, amp you up. And I'm like, I'm already there. Yeah. Um, so that didn't really work for me. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was an intense workout. And he definitely, I think kind of what mirroring what Ron just said, his idea of training was just, just fuck him up. Like, okay, if that doesn't seem to be working now, add a drop set, add a drop set, now we do lunges. It was just, it was almost like how I would consider, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to him, but it's, 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 it was just finding a way to hurt yourself. I don't mean literally, but hurt the muscle. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, like you were saying, Ron, as far as knowledge, you do want to push it to the, to a point. But it's like if you're a new trainer and you say, I fucked up my client so bad they couldn't walk. I'd be like, well, then you're not a good trainer. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't need to do that. Um, but it was fun, like I said, because I wanted to see, like, how, how was it? And he definitely is who he put out in the videos back in the day. 
That's cool. You know what I mean? So like you'd be doing extensions and you're not even really getting the reps anymore. And he's pulling them up for you and letting yeah. them go. And, yeah. you know, so it was fun. It was definitely fun. But, but I would, I think that I could have been, um, I think I walked out of a workout where I was training next to door and I came and say with him, but he was guiding me and I was a better bodybuilder after that day for sure. Hmm. Yeah. And I didn't feel the same way after the other. I was just like, that was hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't feel like I learned something. Like I really did feel like, you know, in Ron and I've talked about this many times, intensity is something that grows over time. And I think I I had kind of been as intense as anyone I trained with for a long time and almost kind of felt like I was at the top of the mountain and then quickly realized that I was at the top of the hill. Huh. And there was a fucking mountain in front of me. <laughs> I think one of the things that I've had to deal with with a lot of clients, like certain clients, especially younger ones, is, you know, if I've put someone through a workout, like let's say, you know, people I actually trained in the gym, um, I have a lot of guys say like, oh, can like, I feel like I need to do more sets, you know, that whole thing that we've talked about. Yeah. Right. And I think some of them are expecting you to try to do that to them like they they expect that and then when you just put them through like a smart workout Mm -hmm. that's where the sets are tight and the form is perfect and there's all these other things that come before weight and then you know the sets are taken to the brink of failure with a forced rep and then you end the set and you make sure they have all good sets and it's a great workout and you're and they're like huh i'm not like you know, vomiting my guts out. I thought I'd be puking by training with you. And I'm like, well, if you want to just die, just do a Navy SEAL workout. Right. Like, hmm. That's the hardest fucking workout. They literally try to break humans with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They literally start with a hundred aggro dudes that actually want to be Marines and they narrow it down to like eight just yeah. by trying to kill them. So if you want the hardest workouts, just do Navy SEAL shit all the time. Mm-hmm. But the point isn't, like Dusty said, just to scream in your face until you like throw 20 sloppy reps up to make me happy. That's not the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some people kind of think they're like, oh, well, you know, should we do some more sets? And I'm like, no, like you build on this, like make these sets progressive and be consistent and train this hard every single time. Yeah. And that's how you get big. It's not by me just killing you today. And then your next workout, you just go back to what you were doing without having learned anything. And then in a month, I train to put you through another chest workout and I just kill you, kill you again. And then you just go back to what you were doing before. Yeah. That's what happens when people do that. That's what I remember. That reminds me, I I heard Fuad say this, this is a couple of years ago. Like when he first started his podcast, he was like, I'll, I'll get people that want to train with me. And then they'll like come in all ready to go and they took like two and a half scoops of pre-workout and they get up and they train really hard and they just get destroyed. And then I'm like, yeah, but you got to be able to train hard every workout. It's not just that like one time you're training with me, you know? Yeah. 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 That's, that's what they miss. It's like, take what I showed you today and add 30 pounds to all the weights. Yeah. Yeah. The next year over time, you will be bigger. But me just putting you through a 25 drop set chest workout just so you're sore. Yeah. Just so you're fucking sore and say, oh, man, the chest workout was so brutal. (laughs) Not what it's about. Because then next week, you're not going to do the same workout again anyways. So Hmm. I like that. Yeah. I think you should advance, too. I mean, I can say this, which is nice, is 
when you've trained with a lot of really good guys, I've learned a lot of stuff from a lot of guys, even at the highest level. I mean, sometimes Ron, I mean, years into training together, he would toss something in and I'm like, oh fuck, I've never done that. Hmm. And it's not some crazy thing. It's just a slight finish to a different movement. And you're like, oh, okay, nice. You know what I mean? And that's what Ron was saying is like, you gotta take something with you that you can move forward with if you really had a good workout from someone. Because mm -hmm. if I go into a workout and he just annihilates me and I can't move forward with it, it was of no value other than maybe if you want to call that fun. But, you know, I feel like you should definitely walk out and be like, I'm a better bodybuilder today than I was two hours ago. Right. Right. You know? I get that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's here's a good one. Um, actually, uh, Turner's wife sent me some golds. One. So uh, I thought okay. you guys would like these. It says work ethic is taught. It's learned. What factors in your life contribute to your work ethic? Oh, very good question. And I agree. Um, I think that my mom and dad um, were both great examples of understanding that there were jobs that were theirs and nobody else was going to do them and they had to be done. And then me as a kid, seeing that those things were always done, mm -hmm. which meant they were always doing their jobs. Right. Do you know what I mean? My mom didn't ever not cook dinner. Ever. Right. That was her fucking job. Right. You know, my dad didn't ever not bring home the, the bacon. Right. <laughs> that was his fucking job, you know, mm -hmm. that cr that, you know, there'd be a there'd be 2000 acres of grain in the field ready to be harvested. And we'd get like a sudden weather warning that it was going to snow two feet. And my dad would be like, well, I guess we have to get this whole crop off in the next 10 yeah. days. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be like 20 hour shifts. I'm going to have to get three guys out here and two combines running and two grain trucks. And we're going to have to work all through the night and the day. And then my mom would go, okay, well, I guess I'm setting the alarm to get up at midnight to make a pot of coffee and drive it out to the field to give you guys coffee and food at one in the morning. And then I'm going to yeah. have to have breakfast ready at six and it's going to be round the clock cooking and working. You were lucky to learn that, you know, a lot of people don't get that opportunity. For sure. But I think it does shape, um, you know, exactly what she said because when i hear that and i i mean just knowing ron between bodybuilding business sponsorship that is how everything is there's yeah. things that have to be done and they just get done yeah. and yeah, i do think good. that in the world that's that's not common anymore hmm. it's very normal to see i mean i even see it on instagram with people they're like oh hey sorry guys i didn't do my training my clients this week i'll get you next week and i'm like what <laughs> Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of just like good enough now, um, you know, right. versus, versus that. And I do think that that's a taught thing. Um, what about you, Scott? Cause I mean, I, I always laugh with Scott cause he always downplays the fact that he's created an entire business <laughs> doing exactly what he wants to do. And he's like, ah, oh, I just do podcasts. Like it's some fucking, Man, I'm, I'm fucking lucky. I am. I'm yeah, lucky luck. is what it comes down to. But I, I mean, yeah, I put a lot into it. And I can relate to what Ron said. I was raised in a family business. And uh, 
so it was my grandpa's business. I don't think I ever told you guys this, but my grandpa no. started a business. He wanted to open a McDonald's and they wouldn't let him put it where he wanted to put it. This is like back in the 50s, 60s, 60s, whatever. And uh, so he started this sandwich company and he made sandwiches in this little garage. And then he started delivering them to like high schools and party stores and, and it grew. So my dad and two uncles took it over and they all ran it. And eventually they sold out to just my dad. And so my dad and my mom ran this. They had a production line with like 30, 40 people inside, uh, big three big walk-in coolers and freezers, a uh, fleet of those Isuzu box trucks. And they would drive around. And so it was two businesses, production business and a delivery business. And they'd drive mm -hmm. around and they'd take those sandwiches to like, we had like all the 7-Elevens in Metro Detroit and all the mobile oils. And we had a bunch of um, uh, uh, high schools and stuff like that. So I grew up in that business and working for my parents and and it was the same kind of thing like i remember new year's eve when i was a teenager like wanting to go out and probably get in trouble but one of our walk-in coolers broke and that means like what do you do there's like there's no one else to do this you nobody else is coming to do it like me and my dad right. and my mom and my sister and a couple other people from the business are like at midnight moving these boxes of burger patties from one cooler to another and it's you know it's like that attitude of like we're the ones that it falls on like there's not right. going to fall on someone else you can't leave this undone and i feel like that that did help me a lot in my life to learn that from a like my entire life that's all i've known you know yeah right. that's yeah. awesome yeah work yeah work ethic is something to see demonstrated you know yeah what about you dusty you didn't answer um you know mine was different um i had a very visual because back back like when my dad was coming up um in business you used to be able to work your way up a ladder like you mm -hmm. would come into a business and work at the bottom and work your way up um and that's what he did so he didn't go to college or anything like that he started working in the truck bays um for like hostess cakes and wonder bread cleaning the floors and just basically he knew the business top to bottom because by the time he was done he was a vp of the company no kidding um, <clears throat> yeah so but it was just grinding the way up and back then you could do that because people would see sure new guy has got a degree or this or that but he doesn't know this business from the bottom up you know what i mean yeah um so i saw a lot of that and then um what ended up happening was as a kid i played sports played hockey and i was very good at hockey but my dad was just one of those people that I could score five goals in a game and miss one. And he would ask me about the one I missed. Hmm. It was yeah. not at all. The five were expected. How did you miss that one? And a lot of people, my aunts and uncles and stuff really had a hard time with that because they, they almost thought like it's damn near abuse. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> I never saw it that way. Like you just, you, you realize you've kind of got someone you're trying to prove yourself to that you never will. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, and that could be, I think this is one of those situations where how you look at a situation decides who you are, your perception is your reality. Yeah. Because I always looked at it really simple. Because of that, I have a level of, you know, my bar for myself and, and what I consider acceptable is higher than anyone else is going to be of me. So success is easy. You know, when, when I, I remember when Mutant sent me my contract of what I had to do for my uh, paycheck, I laughed because I was like, that's all you want. Like you're going to get a lot more than that. 
you know, and that's, yeah. but I think that that's kind of the, the thing with business too, is it all kind of feeds into life. So to me, it's really simple. If, if anybody ever had a higher expectation of me than I do, I would feel like, wow, where did I go wrong? Right. You know? So yeah, I think that that's, you know, I don't even view it as a bad thing. I would do the, ex- I'm fortunate that my personality is what it is. Cause that could have broken a different kid. But for me, it was simple, like, cool. And then every now and then that you, what you end up happening, ha- have happening is, which is funny. So when I, my career in hockey ended with injuries, I got into bodybuilding. My dad never liked it. Just never, right. you know, and he would come to the shows sometimes, whatever. So when he died, uh, obviously I set up his funeral and I don't know any of his friends at this point. We weren't really on speaking terms. I walk in and all these guys are walking over. Oh, you must be dusty. Heard all about you. Hold your bodybuilding career is going great. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and you just find out. And I'm sure a lot of us don't realize that is he was proud the whole time. Hmm. Just wanted to make sure I got the most. So now when I look at life and where things are, I'm like, thank God that you were right. that way because that's why I'm this way. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah, for me, it's perception. I, I think a lot of people don't realize. So I'd much rather people be, I think people are, are too light on everyone now, especially like their kids and stuff. You know, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that's good, but I know you're capable of more. I remember you reminded me of something. I remember I did a Taekwondo tournament. It was the uh, Alberta Winter Games. And uh, I came home with a gold medal in forms and a silver mm-hmm. medal in sparring. And I remember my dad goes, oh, so what happened with the silver medal? <laughs> and and I go, oh, well, I go, dad, I, I just think that, I go, the other kid was just so much bigger than me, I couldn't get close to him. Because I remember the age category was like 12 to 15. <laughs> It's a right. weird age group, yeah. Or like yeah, almost you know a what man I mean? and a child, right? <laughs> it was just like it was. I was like twelve or thirteen, and there was like this fifteen-year-old kid. Like I remember, he was like the maximum age for the age group, and I was like barely in the age group. He's <laughs> shaving. And he had like hair in his armpits, yeah. <laughs> and he was like five ten, you know. And I'm yeah. like five six, and I'm literally a boy. Well, he drove himself there. (laughs) (laughs) He's out back smoking. (laughs) He's got a pack in his t-shirt sleeve (laughs) right out of a movie. So uh, I remember like I just couldn't get close. Like he was so much taller. I'd like get in there and he'd just like kick me in the chest. And like I could I was like still two feet away from him, you know. So I remember I just lost on points and uh and I just told my dad, I think, you know, he was just way bigger than me. Like, I think the age group, he was like, you know, the oldest. And my dad goes, huh, well, we'll, we'll let that. Okay. That's good enough for now. <laughs> like he was like, okay. He didn't say it was okay either. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, but I, I got a gold medal in forms. And he probably said something like, huh, but you're not actually against anybody, right? <laughs> so playing with yourself you're fine but once you're actually so pretend in fighting <laughs> so what you're saying is pretend fighting you're really good at you're really good at that's, imagining you're in a fight that's fantastic you know oh my god <clears throat> so you can okay. hold the guitar correctly but can you play it yeah no not at yeah. all 
<laughs> but, yeah. but it sure looks good with my black looks on black. Like I can hold it yeah. perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I got I got another one that I think is solid. Then we'll give back some body loans. What have you learned this year alone that you wish you would have learned ten years ago? Oh, damn! See? Scott might have to jump in if he can think of something. I gave Scott this one earlier, so he should have a little, I, little head you, start. On you it. told me, but I was gathering the YouTube questions and hitting <laughs> buttons, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, okay, Dusty, that yeah, sounds good." Sure, sure. Uh huh. Um, glad you're here on time for once. I'll throw one out though. I, I would say I have been. It's been shown to me this year how valuable our health is. And it's something that we all know, right? Like we all know how good, how important it is. And if you get sick for a minute, then you recognize like how much it really sucks. Uh, but it, I, I've really seen just how valuable it is being that I may never, I may be able to never get back physically to what I've been in the past. So there's a lot to like grapple with that when you're not ready for that. I might be able to. I'm not saying I can't, but there's some reality there. So I would say that if I could, I would have I would have had if I could have that insight, it would have just my life would have spun just a little bit differently, probably in how much I appreciated um, everything that I've had. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I probably taken health for granted at times. Hmm. I think everybody does. That's um, yeah. Very, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes, you know, uh, on this show, I'm, my mind is like trying to find something. And then one of you guys will say their answer. And I'm like, oh, that's so much more reasonable than <laughs> I was going to than what I was, I was like, going to say. I'm like totally thinking selfishly. And then Scott comes out with this just like <laughs> philosophical drop on health and, and the importance of health and, you know, not taking it for granted. I'm like, well, everything I was thinking was just <laughs> me sound like an idiot now. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, that, that's definitely true, man. Um, you know, we're getting older. Everyone's getting older. You know, I'm like I was saying to Dusty before, I don't know if it was on the show or if we were just talking, but, you know, we're getting to the age. I'm getting to the age where like my heroes are dying. Yeah. Right. You know, like, you know, like when Sean Connery died and you're like, holy shit, like that's like I was a big movie star for me. I was Mm -hmm. like, damn, fuck, it gets everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it even got fucking Sean Connery. Okay. Who's next? And then you start to think, fuck, I bet so-and-so is not far behind. And then right. another guy. And then you're thinking of all like your favorite. And then you start thinking of like your favorite, you know, musicians. And obviously some people die early, unfortunately, but, mm-hmm. but when they, they're still just like dying at like a reasonable age. And that age is like a lot closer to yours than it used to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, when you're, you know, when you're in your twenties, <laughs> You're in your 20s and like a 75-year-old Oscar winner dies. You're like, oh, yeah, he's old. Yeah, you can't relate to that. <laughs> no shit. Fucking old. That's what happens. <laughs> but then when you're when you're almost, you know, you're 46 and a 75-year-old Oscar winner dies, you're like, shit, that's less than 30 years away. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Victoria you know, helped me with it. She perspective ca- changes. She gave me this analogy because this is something I've been talking a lot about this past year. And the way she said, she said, the way that you're seeing it, it's like you're, you're on the road, you're driving, you see the mountain in, and it's in the distance and you know that that's where you're headed only now. And you know, the whole time you're on the road that eventually you're going to that mountain only at a certain age. Now you're at a point where you're close enough that you can start to make out the trees. 
<laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Yep, that's me. <laughs> and, and also, also for the first few hours of the drive, the mountain doesn't seem to even get any bigger. No, right. no, you got yeah. forever. And that's your 20s. Get there. That's your 20s. Like the yep. mountain's still, it's still just tiny. Yeah. yeah. And then like all of a sudden, like, you know, late 30s, you're like, oh, I think I'm closer. It's yeah. like getting bigger now. But I'm still far away. I'm still far away, you know? Yeah. And you start later on, you start, you know, to read some of the signs. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then you're like, I need to get a convertible. I need to get, you know, a new, wa- <laughs> new young wife. I need to. <laughs> all of a sudden, Scott orders that gun from earlier. Yeah. Got to yes. get a staccato. Get away. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Don't hang no, out with me at all. You'll order, you'll order it by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah there you go. That's how I do things. Um, So mine is actually pretty easy. Um, Over the last year, what I've learned that that I actually push on people now is that any person in your life is either a positive influence or a negative. No one's break even. Uh, And simply put, the moment you find out that someone's not positive, get rid of them. Like, quickly. I mean, it sounds crazy, but a lot of us want to save people want to and just don't realize how much negative energy pulls uh after i got sick i very clearly saw the good um people i also saw um the people who were making me better and then i started to realize the ones that i was spending an asinine amount of effort on to try to bring them up to somewhere they didn't even want to come Hmm. um and you can't do that and it's funny, I, I saw a thing months ago, but it said, uh, what's interesting is you can't bring a person that's down up if they don't want to come, but they can bring you down. Right. And even and if that's you don't a fact. Go. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of those things I've really implemented. And I've actually had a few friends that I pushed it on them and they've actually had the breakthrough aha moments and like called me and been like that, that situation you were telling me about, I see it. You know, so it's that's something where and the reason I say I would wish I learned is I spent a lot of time um, doing that. And once you have the the clarity, you look back in hindsight and you'll see parts in your life where you stayed level, maybe didn't go down, but you stayed level. And then you look at who's around you and it becomes very clear. I even say that oftentimes with like breakups, you'll see two people that are kind of doing this. And then when they break up, you'll see one of them shoot up and one of them fall down. And you go, oh, well, that's why they were level. One was fighting for their right. life to bring them up. The other one was pulling down and level was a win. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think that that's one of those things. Once you have it, it gets easy. You know, like I, I have no qualms about it because I, I kind of look at it like I don't fire people. They just ask me to leave through their actions. So right. pretty simple. I'm letting you <clears throat> pretty leave. simple. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm going to take a I'm going to take a quick piss. I'm dying. Intermission. Intermission. Editing. Or not. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. See how I feel on the day we edit this. Yeah, we'll see how his flow is also, how long does it take. We're going to find a lot about, you know. It was early. What's going on with Ron's head? This is early. This isn't an early piss. This is an hour and a half. I'm I'm concerned about his prostate right now. It's definitely questionable. (laughs) He's got bubbles in his urine. Um, I, I said that because someone just asked me that. Yeah, maybe TMI, but is it normal to have a lot of bubbles in your urine? Absolutely not. How does that? How does that work? Is that like high protein in your urine? Something like that? I mean, the 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 simple answer for me is is 
that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, because I, you know, I, I just, I am so, especially with bodybuilding, my first thought process is, is that that goes to kidneys in my mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime urine is different, my brain says kidneys. Yeah. You know, so you should look at it, you know. Um, I'm also amazed, Scott, is uh, how few people understand the importance of fluids. Oh, man. It's easy to overlook is what it is, I think. And it's the thing that does the most. I mean, like when I got sick the other week, literally I knew all I need to come back to human is for my body to hold fluids. Dude, all that weight you lost? That was like yeah. the majority of it was fluid, was water, water, you know? I wasn't even worried about it. Like, all I thought about is I will feel better if I can get a few liters of fluids in me. Yeah. You know, and since obviously I can't swallow them, and it was, it was like a light switch. I went there, they put two packs in me, came home, and I had to kind of brave it and start touching the water and see if it would come back up. It was fine. Yeah. You know, and then you're good to go. And then what was really obvious but interesting in the moment was the fact that I didn't feel bad the next day. I felt bad the day after when I was, when my body was like, yeah, this is what happens when you don't have fluids or water for a full day, mm-hmm. a day and a half ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like getting all that forward. It's the, it's literally half the time when somebody goes, ah, I didn't feel great in the gym today. I'm like, probably dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. That's been in, in this time of year too. It's starting to get warmer out that mm-hmm. our fluid intake needs are going to change, especially if you're working yep. like a real physical job and you're sweating at work, you know? Yeah, fluids and and, uh, and minerals. I'm like, all, all my guys that work outside, I'm like, you're adding salt to the water, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we need this. Ron, we just did How'd a PSA. Go? We did a PSA on, on uh, water intake while you are gone. All based on your bad prostate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly fine. I just <laughs> this is how rumors start right here. Yeah. That, it's yeah. Just, no, these are, these are, about I was holding that. I was holding that for a while. <laughs> uh, do, okay. you, do you have any questions? You want me to just keep going? I got lots. I can go all day here. Yeah. I fire another one. Okay. <clears throat> how You're much winning good. did it take before bodybuilding started paying you back? How much winning? Oh. Yeah. That's a, that's and I'm using the word mean, winning differently, but yeah, uh, right. I want to see what you guys say. Do you mean financially? Does it have to be, do we have to define what paying me back means? Uh, my assumption is he's meaning financially. Well, I mean. But I, well, look I was at lucky financially being. If bodybuilding made you have more personal training clients, it started paying you back. Yeah. If bodybuilding yeah, made mean, your podcast something people saw, it started yeah. paying you back. I I guess in that sense, I mean, I got my first sponsor um, in like 1997. So I've, been, I've gotten free supplements basically since 1997. So that's always been a nice little perk. And then I started training people in... 1999 was my first client and um, my first paycheck, like an actual check that Mm -hmm. I got paid from a company was in 2011. So yeah, that's the, the timeline of that. Mm -hmm. So I guess if you, if, if, is that, 
count. Yeah, you know, I think that answers the the question pretty solid. I mean, what a, from from two thousand to twenty ten, that whole decade, I had a lot of clients. Like I was always hmm. dieting people for shows and training people and doing personal training sessions, and I was always training people. So I was always making money from bodybuilding during that 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 ten year period, and then. And then I got on with mutant. So then the benefits became like the travel and the getting paid and, you know, having a bunch of opportunity and getting videos shot for you and like all that stuff came. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's been pretty cool. Right. Agreed. What, what's your take on the, the question, Scott, and, and how would you pertain it to, uh, to the payments you're getting now? Well, I would say, um, I remember, Dave Palumbo saying years ago, like 2005 ish or so saying that if you love what you're doing to keep doing it and, and that it will eventually pay off that you'll eventually be able to make money. And mm -hmm. so at the time, what I could do was uh, share what I knew, like I didn't know everything, but I could share the things I did know uh, online in a forum. And so mm -hmm. I started a thread and I started taking questions and then that evolved and I was approached by a supplement company that wanted to pay me to do a question thread on their website, which was kind of really unique at the time. He was a real forward thinking uh, supplement company owner. And so people that that grew. And then I was making a check every month for that. Uh, awesome. and, and it was like, oh, wow. This, But it took like two years of doing this, like two years of like proving myself and building this thread up and to the point where I had so many views. And and it got to the point where it was um, it, it was like a part time job just managing that thread, you know, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and 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 I tried to, I guess, step outside of the box because like people weren't posting pictures on the message boards. I know, Dusty, you did. You posted mm -hmm. like, but like you weren't seeing a lot of pictures. People were scared to show their identities, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do a prep. And then I, so I made a thread about that. And it was like, I just did a document of my prep of my coach had me doing. Everybody does that now, but at the time mm -hmm. it was different, but it, it was through doing that and not knowing where it was going to go. Then, then eventually I got a, I got a paycheck out of it. And that was, that was pretty cool. And I felt really good about it. I was like, wow, like I'm actually making money doing bodybuilding. I've got this paycheck in front of me, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. For sure. I think that that's a great, <clears throat> and I'm going to kind of derail it like you had uh, already kind of mentioned, Ron, is it's a very trite thing going around right now that it's uh, a guy did an interview and he talked about uh, the man who loves to walk will get further than the guy who's walking towards a destination. I, I, that's how I look at my bodybuilding. I didn't get into it and say, I'm going to do X. I yeah. loved bodybuilding, so I was bodybuilding. Yeah. And then I loved talking to people online about bodybuilding, so I started sharing what I was doing. Yeah. And then <clears throat> someone put a camera in front of me and was like, show people what you do. So I did that, but the way I do things. So it was I was having fun, and it never really had a plan of where it was going to go. And then as it un, you know, un, you know, evolved, then I had a path that I could actively pursue. And then it became, okay, now how do I turn this into something? I think a lot of guys right now, um, not just in making money off of bodybuilding, but doing bodybuilding, they'll come to me on day one within reason and be like, how long is this going to take? <laughs> and I'm like, why does yeah. it matter? Like I don't, that part I don't get. And I'm not picking on this person's question, but just 
Because I'm like, I never asked myself, how long is it going to take to get huge? I said, I'm going to get fucking huge. And I just started working towards it. And I put my head down and I enjoyed doing it every day. And I never really thought, like, I wonder how long this is going to take or how much money am I going to make or what should I be doing instead? I just loved doing it. And, and yeah. it kind of evolved. Um, you know, so to answer the question more philosophically, bodybuilding paid me back immediately because it gave me somewhere to put that focus because I had, I had quit hockey and I needed a place to put the competitive energy. It went into bodybuilding. I also, unlike hockey, I wasn't very good at it in the beginning. So it took more effort to get something out of it, which was also fun. And I think that, you know, the, the tie into the big story here is I tell all my clients that are really trying to go somewhere, bodybuilding is going to do one of two things for you. It's going to kill everything you touch and it's going to take away from your life or you're going to use what you learn from bodybuilding and your entire life will be better. Hell you'll yeah. Be better at working. You'll be better at business. You'll be better with your family, all of those things, because you understand that just like bodybuilding, you get out what you put in. That's everything in life. But I think a lot of mm -hmm. people, they pick and choose which side they end up on that. So bodybuilding, if they put everything into bodybuilding and they forget that they have those other things, then they, then they, you'll, they're the ones that you see later down the line going bodybuilding ruined my life. I'm like, yeah. no, you ruined your life. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, one thing I want to add to that for some reason, I just feel like it's relevant is, um, you know, for those, everyone already knows we mutant signed Jamie, the giant, you know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, so we're real happy about that. And, and, uh, I had a few bodybuilders ask me, they're like, so what do you guys look for? You know, like when you were signed Jamie, what were some of the things like, obviously he's big, fits the brand, but what else do you guys look for? And I said, well, one of the important things is that you don't want to sign someone who's going to just live off their contract. Yeah. Like they have to have something else going on. Huh. They have to have like, like they have to almost not need the contract. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because it's, that shows that there's so much more going on. They've got everything in order. You know, you, no one wants, you know, it's a, we all know at this stage that, you know, some guys get signed to a contract and they just stay home all day and they just spend the money and live off of it. And they don't have their own shit going on at all. And that there's no other money coming in. And, you know, it's just funny that that just doesn't seem to work out ever. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> yeah. You know, so kind of a lot of companies like, you know, one of the things you want to demonstrate to them is that you've, you're not ignoring all those other things in your life. That's interesting. Right. You know, yeah. You know, the, the, like, you know, just think from we like we're all bodybuilders. We all know those guys that ignore yep. everything in their life except their bodybuilding. So yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I wouldn't have thought of that as being a, like like um that would be an attribute of somebody you'd want to hire on as an athlete, but it makes total sense hearing you say it. Well, think yeah, about how that know. represents your brand. I mean, yeah, you know, so Jamie, cause it was funny, but Ron ran into Jamie at the Arnold at the meet the athletes. Uh, just told me, Hey, come back. He, he was there by himself. I said, yeah, come back to the hotel. Uh, we'll grab a bite or whatever. We, you know, I knew who Jamie was and didn't know him at all. By the time we finished that meal, I looked at Ron. And I'm like, so we're bringing him on, right? Because I just <laughs> knew. I was like, he, we hadn't even been anywhere. It was just, it was a fit. 
And I knew about his gym. I knew about his family. Yeah. I knew he had his shit together. I saw him interact with a few people who walked up and I'm like, this is a mutant. It has to be. And I mean, Ron already his like he just smiled because I knew the wheels were already spinning. And he's like, oh, I've already mentioned something. I was like, of course you have. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you know, so it was a very easy fit. But I immediately connected with a lot of levels because to be honest, with you, I don't I don't really care if you have a genetic predisposition for being a great bodybuilder you know because how does that help the fans that are following you know what i mean how because at the end of the day i think that's where social media has taken this it's great to watch you know you deadlift 800 pounds um and it is cool but when i deadlifted the second time you've already seen it the third time you don't really care but if what i'm doing can somehow impact your life and your success now you got somebody you want to hold on to yeah yeah, you know, yeah, because that's that's why we have mutant nation is it's they're a part of it is kind of the, the delivery. And I believe that like because people will reach out. I had a guy just barely I should have meant to send it to you guys. Um, he sent me a uh, DM and he said, I just did my first show. Um, you guys helped me so much. Uh, I lost one hundred and twenty pounds over the last few years following along and just wanted to thank you for helping me with the show. I was like. Wow. <laughs> that's cool i've never spoken to you but apparently i've spoken to you quite a bit that's really you cool. know what i mean yeah yeah so that's that, how it that seems kind to of work it's fun <clears throat> all right we got let's see here i, I haven't I, I didn't stay focused on finding my next one sorry it's that's the challenge dusty you're seeing now it's a uh, it's, it's good <clears throat> that's good why this is your here. job it's good, <laughs> you're doing good work here though it's very good okay here's a good one actually ron that uh that i would like your spin on because i've experienced this a little bit are large purchasing or financing or taxes difficult or done differently for signed bodybuilders? Okay, so what's that? Um, so the question is, are large purchases or financing or taxes difficult uh, or done differently for signed bodybuilders? I'm going to give you my spin just because I had read this already so I can kind of point out some of the things. Um, when I, because I don't own a... So my business is the training um, right. and then obviously the sponsorships, things like that. Even though I have years of, um, of proof of income and very, very good credit, when I want to borrow an, a very large amount of money, the first thing they say is they need to see where my money comes from. And for example, some banks don't love PayPal and Venmo. Okay. They view it almost as if I'm transferring money from myself to myself. Oh. Even though it's a very large amount of money and it's consistent for years. Yeah. And it's paid on my taxes. They they literally look in in their head, which is crazy to me, they're like, Wow, oh, but you don't have a job. And a job yeah. is safe. And I'm like, According to who? Yeah. A job is safe. I've been doing this for fifteen years. <laughs> like, you know, so I have had to pay more money down <clears throat> on big purchases because of that huh. in the past. Right. So like somebody can yeah. get away with buying a house on like 5% down. Um, I'm usually putting 15, 20% down to get the same, right. <clears throat> to get the, to get the same um, interest rates that I would want to get. Cause they just don't trust it, even though it's years, like I said. So that's one fact. Yeah. That's different. I see what you mean. <clears throat> Yeah. So what would be, you have anything like that? Ron? Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I run a lot of stuff through my corporation, right? Mm -hmm. So 
you know, then some banks look and they're like, oh, well, you know, here's your income. And you're like, yeah, but I also own this corporation and here's the corporation's income. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, but that's not you. I mean, like, yeah, but I own it. And they're like, yeah, but it has to be on your, like, you know what I mean? How they like, mm-hmm. they like that. So my accountant, he helps me because, you know, I've got some plans for this year, like we've talked about with, with property and stuff. So, so there's some extra hoops you have to jump through and a bit of bullshit and, you know, but I mean, you know, what do you do? Like, I try to just remember Gary V whenever something comes up and it's like something that really pisses me off. I just try to remember Gary Vee. He's like, yeah, well, you can complain and bitch about the new rules, whatever they are. Like he's just talking about generally in business, you know, they'll change a rule, right? You can bitch and complain about the new rules or you can be the guy who immediately adapts and Mm -hmm. just continues to make money under the new rules while the other guy's bitching and complaining. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, because he says that all the time. I remember one of my favorite clips was a guy said to Gary Vee is like, I have an idea for an app, but it's illegal in my state. You know, it would be perfectly legal here and here and here. And Gary's like, then fucking move. Yeah, because that's some guy's like, oh, I never thought of that. And he's like, mm-hmm. just fucking move. He's like, oh, I never thought of moving. And he's like, what are you talking yeah. to me for? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, those are the things, too. I mean, like you said, Ron, is you, you do. And that's why you have a tax professional or a financial guy. Yeah, you got to have an the, account. On the flip, they... You know, for example, yes, your your business has a lot of your money. So you you don't on paper, Ron Partlow makes significantly less than he has. But on the flip, my business owns my truck. I don't. So that right. payment doesn't affect my income. You know what I mean? And that's something like when I bought the house last week, that was something like, oh, good. I can see that you own this car, but not that car. I'm like, why well, don't, okay, yes. <laughs> you right. know? <clears throat> so, but yeah, it, it's all simple. Um, I guess the, the big thing that I look at with, with those questions is, uh, when you create enough income, none of that will matter. Well, my, my job gives me healthcare. I'm like, we'll just make more money and buy your own healthcare. Who cares? Right. You know, those are the things they trick you into piss poor paying jobs for. Yeah, that was a scary one for me. Care about four hundred dollars a month. (laughs) That was a scary one for me because I I I had bought into that, you know, and my parents kind of instilled that into me, like, well, you need a good job, you need a job with health care, you know, that Mm -hmm. you like almost making me feel like you can't manage that on your own, and now I am managing it on my own, and it's not fun. Like, (laughs) but you know what? It's doable, and that's that's a freedom. Because I, I do think so, at least here, Ron, like in our country, the way they have it set up, man, they, it's 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 a fear that, that like you're not going to have good health care if you don't work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read a really and good, then, uh, do you know the guy, the, the Muscle? He's a friend of um, Rob Bailey's. He's got his own supplement company. He did a Q&A the other day and somebody said to him and they said, so I have a job. They pay me 200000 a year um, and I'm thinking about leaving but I don't know if I should. And his response was the greatest thing I ever read. He goes, if they'll pay you $200,000 to work for them, how much money do you think you're making them leave? Huh. I remember reading that. It was like the most direct and obvious thing I had ever read. I literally messaged him. I'm like, that's the best answer I've ever read. Because if they'll pay you $200, you are making them God knows what. Yeah. So right. you're at least making them a million. 
yeah, so 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 go make four hundred for yourself for a million or you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, but it was a really cool you might be able answer. to work half as you might technically be able to work half as hard and make twice as much because you're not giving it all to them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a good answer for sure. Um, oh, quick one, Ron. Are there Canadian TRT clinics? Um, not the way you guys have them, but right. there's like hormone doctors. That, there's like doctors that do the hormone clinic thing and you go there and they'll, you know, you do the blood tests and they help you optimize everything. You right. Know? They, they, so there the there thing, are, but, but it, yeah. yeah, but it's not like, like, it's not like you guys have like commercials and like fucking signs up on the highway and. <laughs> you know what I mean? In it Winstrel? is a different thing. <laughs> In Winstrel, you know, you get some Winstrel from your TRT doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have that. Very, very valid. Um, ba, 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 ba. All right, what time? Are we, how, I mean, how much time do we got left? I, I got, I got a funny little story. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. So my brother turned sixty, and uh, he yeah. looks like he looks like forty-eight, right? So he's like super fit, you know, he's been a road cyclist, you know, he does like a hundred K on a Saturday morning with the other guys doing the Peloton, you know, yeah, riding on the highway, you know, he's, he's, he's been a road cyclist his whole life. It's like his favorite sport. So he's in amazing shape, you know, he can do a, like I said, he can do a hundred K no problem, you know, so just a cardio machine. And, um, I've been bugging him for about 10 years, like. You know, hey, you're going to need your, you're going to need some of that testosterone soon. You know, like I'm always bugging him. And then the other day he calls me and he goes, guess what? And I go, you're on test. And he goes, no. He goes, I started working out. And I was like, oh, because he, like, he's never been a weightlifter, right? Right. And he goes, I was worried my upper body was starting to shrink on me. My arms were getting skinny. And, but, you know, I still got my legs because I still ride every day, but like, you know, my arms are getting skinny. And I was like, oh, I think you need two IUs of GH and 100 megs of test end and theta week. <laughs> and, I, and, and I love naming drugs because I know that I know the names of the drugs and he doesn't. Right. He's an infectious disease guy. So like right. I'll name like I'll be like, get a kid, a, get a kid a serostem. And he's like, what's serostem? I'm like, ha ha. You don't even know. <laughs> Doctor, that bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but he's funny. But but anyways, the point is that he started working out. So I was like super happy. I'm like, oh, I got to hear about this. And he's such a farmer, too. We're both farmers because like he's got tons of money. Like mm -hmm. he's a doctor. He's like right. a doctor, doctor. He makes tons of money. And he goes, yeah, I joined a personal trainer studio. Man, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you immediately laugh because you're like, oh, my God, I'm sure you could afford it. And then he goes, uh, yeah, you know, I've really seen changes already. Like I've got more muscle in my chest. And he's like going on about how it is. And I go, oh, yeah. And then he goes, yeah. And it only took about three visits before your name came up. You're kidding me. <laughs> he said his trainer said something to him about like, you know, just casual banter about how, you know, well, I was a big fan of Arnold when I was a kid and I started lifting weights and he's training at one of those like functional studios where nobody's a bodybuilder. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. all doing like it's bodybuilding would be looked down upon probably as like a rather prehistoric way to lift weights right? <laughs> right so so um but the guy goes yeah you know i was into arnold and and my brother just casually goes oh yeah you know i got a picture of my brother on my phone actually shaking arnold's hand on stage at, at some contest right and he shows arnold. him the picture and the guy goes wow and then he calls one of the other trainers over because this other trainer is apparently like more of a bodybuilding fan 
Mm-hmm. He calls him over. He goes, hey, look at this. This guy's brother. And he looks and he goes, oh, that's Ron Parlo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my brother was like, oh, you know who my brother is? And he's like, yeah. And he just starts. It was just funny. And my brother laughed. He's like, I can't, you know, as soon as I'm in a gym. Yep. First gym I go to in my whole life. In <laughs> literally his entire life. <laughs> in his entire life. First time I go to join a gym my entire life. People at the gym already know who you are. So it was pretty funny. That's amazing. That's cool. <laughs> so it gave me a good laugh that he couldn't escape. He couldn't escape my bubble overlaps with his somehow. Yeah. Just the fact that I have a bubble that overlaps yeah. his world yeah. makes me super happy. Especially what his world is. <laughs> Yeah, I get to invade his space a little bit is how I look at it. That's fantastic. So, okay. Well, is that Good it, guys? Stuff. I think we're set. Um, it looks like we have a guest booked for next week. Cool. So I'll message you guys about that. And uh, I'm excited. Absolutely. You know, I like to have some guests on. So we're going to do a double show next week and have a guest. All right. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe. Comment and ring the bell. I had to do both. Yeah, comment. Comment with questions. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. Comment and ring ring the bell. bell. There you go. You got a double duty at the end. Thanks, guys. (laughs) And remember, it's just bodybuilding. (laughs) 